This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 70. Submission 550. The Nut House. The Nut House aired on NBC from September 20th to October 25th, 1989, for a total of 10 episodes, five of which went unaired in the U.S. we continue sort of where we left off last week uh, regarding Mel Brooks TV shows. We talked about when things were rotten earlier this week, and now we actually get to the next TV show he did in terms of a, an episodic TV show, uh, The Nuthouse, uh, f- 14 years later. And uh, it didn't even fare as well as when things were rotten. It didn't even get to 13 weeks, as Chico just mentioned Ten episodes were made, but only five aired here in the United States. Yep. I don't know where the other five aired. So uh, The other five uh, actually aired in Britain on the oh. BBC. But they have faulty towers. What do they want with this show? They wanted to see how badly America could mangle a similar premise? Question mark? Yeah. And by the way, we should probably mention, granted, these are two similar shows, but no, one is not a version of the other officially. No, yes. and one's a classic and the other is the nut house. Yeah, just being honest. I don't know. Although isn't future installment Amanda's with the offer an official American adaptation of Faulty Towers. Yes. But we'll talk about that when we cover Amanda's. Oh, yeah. So, now that we've got that out of the way, let's talk about all the proprietors and guests of The Nut House. Uh, we want to talk about proprietors. Let's talk about Mel Brooks who, of course, did Get Smart, and last week's, or last Sunday's installment, When Things Were Rotten, thank you, Brain. And, of course, he was paired with Alan Spencer, who was noted for future installment, Sledgehammer. Oh, that's a good one. 
Yeah, so you have two satirists writing a satire about a hotel. This should be this should be cake, shouldn't it? I mean, this should be easy peasy, lemon squeezy, crank thirteen episodes. Let's go have a beer, sort of thing, right? You'd think. Yeah, you would think. And and you know what? We're also looking at the cast here. I mean, holy, Cloris Leachman as Edwina Nutt, the proprietress. And head of the nut house. Cloris freaking Leachman. Phyllis herself. One season too long on the facts of life. This lady is a treasure. We we should also mention that Edwina Nutt was only in the pilot episode. But for the course of the series, she portrayed Miss Frick, who was like the head of housekeeping at uh, the nut house. Yep, and apparently Frick was a more pleasant version of Frau Blucher from Young Frankenstein. Oh, sorry, Frankenstein. Yeah, I have stuff to say about that a little later. We'll we'll talk about that in a, a little bit. Yeah, and 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 again, you want to talk about heavies? Harvey Corman, Harvey freaking Corman. As manager Reginald Tarkington. Treasure! Yeah, what can you say about Harvey Corman? It's like, we're talking about alum of the Carol Burnett show. A featured performer on the Danny Kaye show. Treasure! Legend! Icon! So you have these two icons, and then you have a stellar supporting cast. Uh, Charles Nutt III was played by Brian McNamara, who is um, known for... uh, He he has more of a movie pedigree with Short Circuit, The Flamingo Kid, Arachnophobia. So So he was basically that guy in that movie in the 80s and early 90s. Yes. And then you have, as Sally Lonenek, Molly Hagen, who, of course, if you are a person of a certain age, as as these two and this one, you remember as the angel on Herman's head. Future installment Herman's head. Mm -hmm. And and also as the uh, foster mom. Uh, I forgot what her name was, but she was the foster mom on future installment No Good Nick. You know know who the dad was? Ted McGinley. It always goes back to Ted McGinley when it comes to actors. Mm -hmm. Poor Ted McGinley. More on that on a future episode. What did Jefferson Darcy do to anybody? (laughs) He existed! Anyway... He was the photographer the last couple of seasons of The Love Boat. Yep. And then you had Dennis, who was played by Gregory Itzen of 24 and future installment Strip Mall. Yeah. And, of course, Gregory Itzen playing Charles Logan, maybe one of the greatest heels in television history. Mm-hmm. Is Strip Mall on the list? 
no, it is. I'm putting it on the list. Is right that now. the Julie Brown show? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The Julie yes, Brown yes. was Chris Wilde, Jonathan Mangum, and yeah. I forgot about that show. Yes. Yeah. No, I didn't forget about it, but yeah, that's a good entry. And rounding out the cast as Freddy is Mark Blankfield, who, again, if you're our age, you remember him as James the Waiter. Or James the Acting Waiter, or the Waiting Actor. The Waiting Actor, Acting Waiter, on season three and four of Saved by the Bell. Oh, yes, from Harvard. No, he didn't go to Harvard, but he could really, really ham it up there. It's like, yeah. we don't want you at Harvard! Harvard. Like, North, South, East, or West, Miss Belly Goat Cheese Ham Pickle Sandwiches, there is only one Harvard. Oh, we should also mention that Mark Blankfield was a uh, cast member on future installment Fridays. Oh, nice. yeah. Can't wait till we do Fridays. It's on Shout Factory TV, everybody. Nice. So what was the story about the Nut House, Mike? Aside from there are a bunch of nuts, two T's, in a house with a bunch of nuts, one T. So the story of the hotel is this was a once prestigious hotel in New York City, but, well, it fell on some hard times, uh, basically because of Edwina Nutt, who we mentioned earlier. But um, it, it was, like, really run down. The elevator was, man, the elevator could not get level with the floor. It was always either, like, a foot above or a foot below the uh the uh, floor level, uh, so you'd either have to step up or step down, and yeah, that that's uh, so we're an, talking about a disrepair of epic proportions. Yeah, that's a bit of an OSHA hazard and stuff. Yeah, so they're trying to restore their former glory. Well, they tried. Well, they tried. So, what are all these nuts doing at this hotel then? I do have a I do have a plot for the pilot. That might answer some questions. Well, yeah, let's take a look at the pilot and then we'll take a look at the other 10 episodes uh, of this show. Okay, when Big Jake Herder, played by David Huddleston, who you re- recall as Santa in Santa Claus the movie, the best worst movie ever made by the way. Oh um, yeah, and he and he was also in the poker scene in Super Trade. Remember? I do remember. Y- yes. 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 Okay, so David Huddleston of the powerful or Big Jake Herder of the powerful Texplex Hotel chain announces his intention to purchase the failing Nuthouse Hotel. Proprietress Edwina Nutt calls on her ne'er-do-well grandson. Charles Nutt III to intervene. Upon his arrival, Charles finds a female guest stuck in a phone booth, a nearly blind elevator operator, and discovers that hotel manager Reginald Tarkington has a fake guest list with 600 names on it. A list he's been fudging for the past several years. Whoops. Oh, but bu- buckle up, folks. Yeah. Meanwhile, Big Jake's top buyer, Shrike, 
played by John Delancey, whose kid I went to college with, by the way, gets more than he bargained for when he pays the nuthouse a visit. Hey, Chico. Yeah? Do you know what else John Delancey was on? Star Trek The Next Generation! If you don't know who Q is, what's wrong with you? Yeah. But also... He was on a week of Match Game Hollywood Squares. Yes, he was. It always comes back to Star Trek The Next Generation or Match Game Hollywood Squares. Yes, it does. And sometimes making it. He wasn't on making it. And and occasionally Married with Children or Night Court. And Twin Peaks. Right. Yeah. Like we said... It all comes down to it all comes back to half a dozen shows. Those are the half dozen shows. And now you know the rest of the story. And, and we should note that the pilot had great ratings. It had 23 million viewers. Yeah, if you get 23 million viewers in 2020, you're probably renewed for like five seasons. Mm-hmm. And this didn't even make five episodes. Yeah, what's up with that? Uh, 1989 was a different animal on television, I guess. Hey, Greg, you discovered somebody in episode one, uh, the pilot that we didn't mention. Who are you talking about? Oh, well, three minutes into the episode, baby. He's going to come up in a future episode making a cameo, arguing with Gregory Itzen and Harvey Corbin is Herb! Herb from the Burger King ads back in the early 80s. Uh, specifically, actor John Menick. Yeah. He also played the same old, same old man for Arby's, Louis the Lip for RC Cola, and he was for. He also did spots for Mazda, AT&T, 9X, IBM, Dimatap, and Subaru. He was basically that guy from that thing in the commercials. Well, now that we got Herb out of the way, let's talk about the uh, rest of the episodes. Starting with episode two, The Accidental Groom. Agent Flynn, played by Mark L. Taylor, an immigration officer, informs Miss Frick that she will be deported to Germany unless she can marry a U.S. citizen within 24 hours. When it appears that Tarkington is the only available suitor, he and Frick set out to prove her first husband was an American. Oh, boy. Boy, where have we seen this before? Yeah, this sounds like an episode of uh, We Got It Made, only I know for a fact that it is not. Uh, Well, I was thinking more specifically, you know, there was a movie with uh, Gerard Depardieu around this time called Green Card. Oh, yeah, that movie. I remember that movie. Oh, that'll be another movie that'll be on It Was a Thing at the Movies. Mm Mm-hmm. So we have this sort of fun, fun, oh, fun bit of information. You know who directed this episode? Who directed this episode? Bill Bixby. Oh, yeah. Tried to recover from future installment. Good night, Bean Town. Yep. Good night, Bean Town. Well, that's five years after Good Night, Bean Town. Mm-hmm. And this was between and this was between a couple of, of Incredible Hulk movies, so 
Oh yeah, we're gonna definitely cover those Incredible Hulk movies at some point, especially the one with Thor. Oh yeah. Let's just say he does not look like Chris Hemsworth at all. Yeah, we'll get to that whenever Thor: Love and Thunder comes out. Whenever this mm-hmm. whole mess with the coronavirus gets settled. Yep. Episode three: A Frick Called Wanda. A younger woman named Gwen Good, played by Beth Broderick of Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Men in Black the series, tried to seduce Tarkington, sending him into full midlife crisis mode. A jealous Ms. Frick discovers that Gwen is working for the infamous criminal mastermind Hans Grublik, played by Michael Harris. Okay, that's a little too close to Hans Gruber for me. Well, again, take a look at when this this show aired. Right, I get that. I get that. Uh, Also, uh, we should note that uh, the person who directed this episode, it wasn't Bill Bixby, and actually this person directed uh, at least three episodes of the series, is Bruce Bilson, and that name may not ring a bell, but uh, his uh, most popular work besides this was on, again, previous series done by Mel Brooks, Get Smart. The original Get Smart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also, uh, Hans Grublik played Ambassador Byleth on the 1993 episode of TNG Liaisons. Everything goes back to TNG. Yes, it does. Oh, and we should also note, we talked about the ratings for the first episode, 23 million people. Uh-huh. In three weeks, the ratings went from 23 million viewers down to 15.6 million. So there might be your reason for the cancellation because you've essentially lost a third of the audience. Uh, another reason that it may have dropped uh, that much, there was no episode on October 4th of 1989 because of playoff baseball. Yeah, because this would have been NBC's last year with their MLB contract. So they would have been airing the American League Championship Series and the National League Championship Series in 89. Because ABC obviously had the World Series, which was the famed Battle of the Bay slash Earthquake Series between the Athletics and Giants. Yep. Right. Okay, next up is Episode 4, 21 Men and a Baby. I thought I was going to hear an ooh there. Ooh. Well, there's no Tom uh, Selleck sounds... or Steve Gutenberg, so yeah, that just sounds fake. That wasn't that, a was, real... that was a half-assed ooh. I will be the first. Yeah, Tarkin's favorite basketball team is in town, and their coach chooses the nearly empty nut house for his team's accommodations, in the hope that it is the quietest place in the city. Instead, a crying baby keeps the team's 21 players up all night. When the baby's mother leaves her child in Miss Frick's care, Frick's long-suppressed motherly instincts are awakened. Okay, Mike, I have a rant about this. Rant away. What basketball team has 21 players? A basketball team with a lot of backups. Okay. A lot of backups. Okay, I can understand if maybe it's a college team and you have, like, a lot of red shirts who are traveling with the team, okay? But 
how many players does a pro basketball roster have? Unless it's like, I can understand if maybe it's preseason or something, but doesn't a basketball team at most have like 15, 16 players? Yeah, NBA right now is 15. Yeah, so 21 players. Jeez. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Maybe, you know, the powers that be just didn't do any research. During this episode, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the coach wanted to find the quietest place in town so his team could get rest. And the team performs horribly on the basketball court and openly blames Tarkenton. Oh, this is the fault of Tarkenton at the nut house. And it's like, oops. Yeah, it, it wasn't Tarkenton's fault or, or the hotel's fault that they got no sleep. It was because of this crying baby. Yep. And it, it gets even deeper than that because the baby's mother uh, abandoned the child and eventually showed up at the end. And that, that's actually one of the, the issues I sort of have with this show, at least this episode, is it started out really funny and then it got like really dead serious about five minutes left into the show. It wasn't funny anymore. There was no laughing, not even a laugh track, like for the last five minutes, even during funny stuff. It's like, okay, comedy's done. Now we're getting serious because we're talking about a baby's mother here and the abandoned baby, abandoned, I think it was like a one-year-old or so. It it, Mm -hmm. just, it was bizarre. I mean, it it definitely was not like Faulty Towers-ish. It was like, okay, there's a, a moral and a story here and the humor just like totally stops. Yeah, this is basically out of brands for Mel Brooks. But then again... Uh, Yeah, it's definitely out of brand for Mel Brooks. But also, this could not air nowadays. And the reason I say that is because in one scene where Miss Frick was taking care of the baby, there was a mobile in the crib for the baby to watch and play. And remember, Miss Frick has that German background. Mm -hmm. So what was on the mobile... Nazi airplanes. Oh God! Oh no! That that would never, especially in 2020. No. Yeah, that did not age very well, in my opinion. So, Aged like milk. Yeah, this is maybe an episode I should have skipped, but also at the same time, maybe it gave me a good idea why this show didn't last much longer because the next episode is the last episode that aired in the United States. And it's another timely named episode uh, using a title, which is a spoof of a movie around that time. Cause look who, what we had, we had the accidental groom, you know, think of like the accidental tourist, a frick called Wanda, a fish called Wanda, 21 men and a baby, three men and a baby. And now we have sweets, lies, and videotape. And no, you're not getting sex. You're getting sweets. Sweets, lies, and videotape. The President of the United States is in town to make an appearance at the Genteel Haberdashers Conference. And Charles hopes to lure him into staying in the presidential suite at the Nut House. To do so, he asks the employees to produce and star in a promotional video for the hotel. Hmm. Well... We already made a joke to Nazis in the previous episode, and we're going to make a joke about a Nazi in the segment at the end regarding a certain hate box, so we're just going to skip this one. Okay. And you know what? You skipped this one. NBC went ahead and skipped 
all the other ones because this was the season, the series finale, at least in the U.S. At least in the U.S. Yeah, the BBC, as I said earlier, showed all the episodes. And uh, interestingly enough, they didn't have a set time spot for it. It aired on Saturday evenings, uh, but uh, the time varied. Sometimes it aired at 11 p.m., sometimes at 11.30. The final episode aired, believe it or not, at 7.30 p.m. So, you know, maybe a reason it didn't last beyond, uh, well, it wouldn't last more than the, the 10 episodes. But, yeah, they couldn't even find a time slot for this show. It bounced around to at least three, maybe even more time slots in, like, two months. That's not good. No, it is not good. No, it is not good. So the rest of the show aired on BBC Two. You said it's not even. Uh, good I saw. I be- saw BBC, not BBC Two. Oh, I'm seeing BBC Two. Oh, okay. I see BBC Two. Okay. I was gonna say this wasn't even good enough for BBC One. Hey, you could say the same about Only Connect. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Only Connect is on BBC Two, and that actually started on BBC Four, I think. So you know what? Blow it out your nose. Okay, so we're going into episode six now. When Charles met Sally. Does that sound like anything to you? Yes? Okay. Oh, when Harry met Sally. (laughs) (laughs) When Charles hires Marla to be the Nuthouse's public relations officer... She immediately becomes Sally's rival for his affections. Marla plans Charles to be the main attraction of a fashion show, but Miss Frick and Freddy, disguised as a carpenter, decide to help out Sally in their own inimitable style. Interesting thing about this this episode, do you know who played Marla in this episode? I have no idea. That would be Beverly Leach. She of, uh, a.k.a. Kate Monday of MathNet. Oh, now that's cool. That's cool. Right? Yeah, that's great. There you go. There is life after Square One TV. Oh no, that's that's mean because Reggie Cathy has had a good career. Yeah, Larry Cedar also had a good career. You leave him alone. Yeah, I'm sorry. So there you go. Um, that's episode six. Episode seven. Does this sound like anything to you? A night at the reunion. This is the first one I can't really place to a movie. Night at the opera. It would be oh, no, the op- uh, either a movie or a Queen album, one of the two. Well, Night at the Opera as a movie, that wouldn't have been 1989. That would have been long, long time ago. And there the Queen know. album was like, what, 10 years earlier? Yeah. Tarkenton's Roosevelt High School class of 1949 is staying at the Nut House while in town for a reunion. Reginald tries to hide the fact that he is the hotel's manager instead of pretending to be into big business to impress his high school rivals and classmates, which include Pope John Paul II? Yeah, that's realistic. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, a uh, a Polish a Polish priest just happens to be uh, classmates with this guy. He could have been an exchange student. Could have been an exchange student. But yeah, not a really big sense of reality there. No, but then again, this is the nut house. Were you expecting any sense of realism? Uh, it's Mel Brooks, though, so maybe a little bit. But also, I mentioned earlier on the 21 Men and a Baby episode, you know, that got really real when the mother abandoned the child and then came back and and got the kid back. So I have mixed thoughts about the reality, to be honest with you. Mm. Okay. All right. Episode eight. To tell the truth. That doesn't sound like anything. Sally is trying to raise $1,170 so her mother can get her nose fixed. Tarkington has just won some cash, but at the same time, an acrobatic female burglar and her gorilla of an assistant raid the nut house till. So we found out some stuff about Deborah Wakeham, who played, uh, who presumably played the uh, acrobat uh, in this uh, episode. And uh, Greg's going to share that with us right now. Oh, yes, because she was in an episode in 1991 in Quantum Leap. And she was in the episode Heart of a Champion, which was the wrestling-themed episode of Quantum Leap, which co-starred Terry Funk. Of, yes, the, the legend himself, Terry Funk, who, of course, shows up in future entry to Keelan Bonetti. Yeah, but also we should add that uh, she appeared on two separate episodes of Sledgehammer, as, as we mentioned earlier, first off, future installment, but also uh, Alan Spencer, who uh, was an executive producer of this show, created Sledgehammer. So there's a nice little synergy uh, between uh, those two folks. Yes, and she had a guest spot in 1987 on future installment, the oldest rookie starring Paul Sorvino. <laughs> well, that takes us to the second to last episode, My Man Tarkington. Uh, Reggie Tarkington is replaced by Alec Creed on, of all times, Pay Raise Day. Creed fires Freddy, but the rest of the Nuthouse staff conspires together against the stuffy Englishman to get Freddy reinstated. Yeah, you know who played Alec Creed in this episode? Paxton Whitehead of Once and in Future Installments, Marblehead Manor. Oh, yeah. What is with him appearing on TV shows about hotels? And what is him? What is up with him appearing as the stuffy Englishman? Typecasting. Yeah, typecasting. Definitely typecasting. And that takes us to the last episode. The Nut Cracker Suite. N-U-T-T Cracker Suite. Ha 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 ha. Uh, yeah. It's funny because it's about dance and it's about a hotel. Anyway. And, and they spelled it after the Nut House. Nut. N-U-T-T. <laughs> yeah, anyhow. Sally has invited the Kiev Ballet into the Nut House to further the peaceful connections between the U.S. and the USSR. Oh, this is a timely episode that would have aired in late 1989, right as the Berlin Wall fell. Yep. Yep. Communism is, is dead. 
communism is dead, and so's this show. She is especially looking forward to meeting handsome dancer Mikhail Nabokov. Played by Tengiz Borisov, who may or may not be an actual uh, actual dancer. But he has been in Red Heat, TV 101, and Tracy Takes On. Yeah, but we also need to talk about another guest star on this here episode. we go yeah i think chico knows where i'm here I'm, I'm literally looking at the guest roster right now and i know how your might your uh one track minds works sort of uh it, it there's more than one track but the thing is this definitely needs to be mentioned portraying a newlywed woman on this episode sit down folks holly hallstrom from the price is right Oh, Holly, Holly Hallstrom was my first TV crush, by the way. I think she was a lot of our first TV crushes. She wasn't mine, but I'll take you guys' words for it. Kids. <laughs> well, taking a look at a review, I'm going to give you a review that appeared in the newspaper the day of the premiere, September 20th, 1989. And uh, this is pretty accurate when you listen to this. NBC's The Nuthouse takes a shotgun approach to comedy, scattering gags like buckshot. Some hit and some miss, and it sure makes a lot of noise. That figures, since the show was co-created by Mel Brooks, whose TV credits include When Things Are Rotten and Get Smart. His collaborator, the real force behind the show, is Alan Spencer, whose previous series was the underrated Sledgehammer. Even their titles have exclamation marks. Boom! Nuthouse, a half hour premiering in an hour long special, stars Harvey Corman as manager and Cloris Leachman as the head housekeeper of a down on its luck New York hotel. Leachman's Miss Frick is a comically overpetted reprise of Frau Blicker from Young Frankenstein. And she also puts in a nearly unrecognizable appearance as the hotel's ancient owner, Edwina Nutt. The latter is reminiscent of a Tim Conway sketch character from The Carol Burnett Show, where Corman made his biggest mark in TV. The uh, pilot involves, as we said earlier, uh, an attempt to take over the hotel by Texas oilman Big Jake Herter, played by David Huddleston. It's frequently amusing, occasionally hilarious, and funniest if you pay attention for sight gags as well as jokes. Unlike most sitcoms, Shot with four cameras before an audience, Nuthouse is a one-camera show with a laugh track. That makes it look more like a movie or an old series. Bottom line is this. If you're a fan of Brooks movies, you'll probably like Nuthouse. Once anyway, keeping the guest register full will be a challenge. And yes, it was a challenge because it was gone a month later, at least on American TV. Yep. But also, something interesting I found in the research that I did is, and this is the headline of this article, If the Nuthouse Doesn't Click, I'll Quit. Harvey Corman, or Corman. Harvey Corman plans to pack it in if his new television show, The Nuthouse, isn't a hit. The show feels right, and we have a strong lead-in in Night Court. If we blow the lead in and I'm wrong about the show, then that's it. Definitely. He said concerning Wednesday's debut on NBC. 
Corman, 62, has been trying for a hit since the Carol Burnett show. The new show produced by Mel Brooks will be try number four. Aww. And did he call it quits? Did he call it quits? Well, as a lead, yeah. He did a lot of work after 1989, but he didn't have any regular series after The Nut House. Hmm. So he was right, maybe? He was rightish. Possibly? Boy, somebody says that kind of bit where his voice inflects really high. But yeah, we should note that the uh, the shows that uh, he's referring to, the four shows, obviously The Nuthouse is one. And, and I think most of these are future installments. At least two of these are. The Harvey Corman show, which ran all of six episodes, and Leo and Liz in Beverly Hills, which is definitely a future installment. We have that on the list for sure. But also I think he's including Mama's Family because... He was uh, apparently in just the first two seasons, the NBC uh, run, not in the syndicated run. So that I'm willing to give him a pass on, but I could see why he would say that was a failure. Uh-huh. So you know, Harvey Corman held up his end of the bargain. He didn't uh, have the lead or was a uh, regular on any other shows after this. So good on you for being a man, Harvey Corman, maybe? Possibly? Well, we still remember and love you from the Carol Burnett show. They can't take that away from you. Yeah. No, they can't. It, it still lives in on, uh, it still lives as reruns. Oh, by the way, in case you didn't notice, if you get RFD TV, they just started showing reruns of Carol Burnett's show. Oh, okay. And they started at the beginning in 1967. Ooh. Wow. Uh-huh. The, they only show it twice a week. One is like early Sunday mornings, and then again, it's like primetime on Wednesday nights, I think. But I happened to catch it, maybe it was two weeks ago, maybe it was last week. And after doing a little digging on uh, on IMDb, it was like the seventh episode or sixth episode. And it, it did have a copyright of 67. So just something if you want to see some old, old TV. Well, I think that's just about it. I think the nut house is being foreclosed upon. Yeah, do we do we know what was what replaced the nut house or did it just vanish without trace cuz NBC in 89 would be a very uh sort of a, a network in transition, let's say. Yeah, I don't think it was in that much transition. Night Court had to move to Wednesdays to make room for Thursdays at 9.30, which started with Dear John and continued with Grand, and then... Future installment Grand, by the way. Future installment Grand, and then continued with... <laughs> with, what, with Glenn Quagmire's favorite show, Wings... Was this a cartoon? No, my, oh my God, no, no, no! It took place in an airport. It, the, it was the thing was on for ten years, that, and the and the funny repair guy was Lowell. It made Tony Shalhoub's career. Who? The tennis player. Yeah, you know what? Screw you guys! I don't even know you. Crazy people living under a rock don't know wings. I love wings.
and then some show after Wings uh, during the summer call. Uh, some show starring Jerry Seinfeld during the summer. Would that have been the Seinfeld Chronicles? Oh, that yeah. Would, yeah, that, that would have been. Whatever happened to that show? Yeah, I wonder. Don't know, oh, but I, I, I love Wings. It made Tony oh. Saloop's career. Made yeah. Tony Saloop's career! Yep. Yeah, how dare Peter, Cleveland, and Joe not know the greatness that was Wings? Yeah, it made Tony Shalhoub's career. Yeah. Love Wings! But yeah, uh, the show, uh, but yeah, the Nuthouse was sandwiched between Night Court and Quantum Leap. It couldn't lose. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's got, you know, the power of Bull and Scott Bakula. Well, it did fail. Oh. And uh, and actually, it got replaced by the third season of My Two Dads. And that didn't last terribly long because that was then replaced with the second season of Dear John. Yeah. And obviously, it didn't last too long, My Two Dads, because Stacey Keenan would be on future installment going places. Nice. I was waiting for Mike to respond to the going places. I, I have nothing to say. Good. I, I have nothing to say, but the Nut House. It had Mel Brooks. It had Cloris Leachman. It had Harvey Corman. It had it that had, bastard Charles Logan from 24. It had that bastard Charles Logan from 24, like Greg said. It had her. It, 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 it had comedy sometimes question mark it, it had herb on the pilot but yeah it, this was at least you know this was not that good it definitely wasn't as good as get smart and it definitely wasn't as good as when things were rotten this sort of like was a low point in my opinion of mel brooks's career and that's why after five episodes, at least in the United States, and uh, now 30-plus years later, it was just a thing on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that we've foreclosed on the nut house, we can open up the uh, webpage at itwasathingontv.com where we can talk about the nut house and all the other shows that we've covered. We have over 70 shows spanning... 6,000 listeners. And by the way, we hit that mark last week, and thank you all so much. Yes. Unless it's one person who's downloading the shows 6,000 times. If that's the case, screw you! Yeah. And by the way, guys, of course, every Wednesday on Place to Be Nation Pop, you can check our previous week's episodes over there. But you might be saying, well, guys, why would we do that when we can listen to the episodes on your feed? Uh, not so fast, my friend, because occasionally we'll have stuff that didn't make the final cut. Obviously, when we did the XFL 2001 episode over on Place to Be Nation Pop, we had to include an addendum because of what happened with the cancellation of the XFL 2020 season because of COVID-19. But now we've included a bonus segment in the episode on the David Letterman show on Place to Be Nation Pop. So check that out over there. And as always, as we like to remind you, 
don't forget to subscribe and like, and don't forget to rate and review and five stars only. None of that four star crap because yeah, if you have yeah, if you have four stars, you can take it up with us personally. Exactly, and we'll go in there and edit it somehow. We'll say, oh, you know what? That person gave me one star. Nope. Click five stars. Ha <laughs> ha. Screw you. But also, as always, don't forget to share with friends and family, anybody else you think might be interested in this podcast, because sharing definitely is caring in these parts. Indeed. Next week on the big show, oh boy, Greg. Oh, yes! Greg's going to be doing the heavy lift all next week. Or at least the first part. The first part. Mike's going to be taking the second part, but there's going to be one part in the second episode where I'm going to be 1-800-235-DEAD like one person in a particular segment. Well, let's just say we we covered this on a previous episode of this show. That was only the beginning. Yes. Yeah, this is like an extension of it. Yeah, if you listen to our one of our uh, previous episodes, because I don't want to give it away, you might have an idea of where we're going. Next week, we're going to answer the question, how much baby oil can one man afford? Why don't you just give the subject away, Greg? Well, they're going to have to tune in next week to find the answer. Well, if they listen on a regular basis, they already know the answer to that. Yeah. Well, in case you don't know what that is... We'll just keep you hanging until Monday. So for now, we'll talk to you on the 29th with the next installment of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening. Wow! The Nut House.